On this episode, I talk about wholesale, sins of my employees, my favorite curse word, and I announce the three winners. Chuck, and this is episode 121 of the Ask Gary V Show. I'm in a very good mood. It's a Friday. It's gorgeous out. It's Madalena's birthday. I don't know if you can get there, D-Rock. It's her birthday. She's 40 years old today. It's tremendous. Happy 40th, <laughs> Madalena. Uh, I get to announce the winners of the contest, which means one week from today, three of you from the Vayner Nation will come in here and replace India and Stefan and D-Rock, figure it out D-Rock, figure it out. <laughs> and, uh, and Steve, some, some, somebody, oh is he here? I was about, no. no. Somebody's lazy on Fridays. <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm also wearing a tremendous custom made jet shirt from Chris H, from HC Prince. Oh, threads, excuse me. Let's not screw that up. I don't want to ruin it for you. Uh, HD threads from Texas. I appreciate it, brother. I saw the whole like making of it on Instagram. It was popping up. I, I knew it was coming, but I figured the t-shirts would just get lost in the mail like so much else gets lost. Uh, and uh, I'm glad we made it happen. Probably because you were involved, India, instead of DeMeo. Uh, and so, uh, what else is going on? Uh, heading out to see the family, which is great. Really looking forward to this weekend. Good solid week of work. Very busy couple of shows. We, we really were only scheduled for one, but we got in three this week. That is what you call hustle, Vayner Nation. Uh, uh, so we're gonna save and build up to the announcement at the end of the show. Uh, so uh, India, let's get into the show. <laughs> show. John asks, what is your favorite swear word of all time? Uh, John, my favorite swear word of all time is Dick face. Uh, there's something about dick face that really, really, you know, I don't know why, but like, I think when I use it, people just really like, it's actually, I've never really thought about the word until just right now. I mean, it's pretty self explanatory. I thought you thought I was gonna say dick face? I do say dick face a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, Indy, that's a very interesting strategy to start the show. I mean, you know, kind of feel like, you know, the show's growing very quickly and you can imagine there's a lot of people who are watching for the very, very first time. That's a, that's a pretty aggressive move on question number one of all time watching of the Ask Gary V show. So, welcome newbies. Daniel asks, as a guy who loves hustle and people, what is the unforgivable sin one of your employees can make? What's the unforgivable sin that one of my employees, I mean, there's a, actually there's a lot of things that I, I really think are very important to me and like, not lines in the sand, but you know, what, what's interesting is it's funny, hustle and, uh, and people, I'm not worried about people's work ethic. You know, it's funny, actually I've been thinking, D-Rock, Stefan, I've been thinking about making a video actually about, you know, hustle may be my superpower, right, but 
it doesn't have to be yours, right? Back to everybody's strengths and weaknesses. Um, mine just, you know, I'm a little bit concerned that a lot of you who are watching this, you know, you hear my mantra of hard work 24-7, 365, and you start trying to force yourself into uh, going in that direction. And really, I'm just speaking to the small group of people that are watching or listening to the show that actually have that skill of being able to, when they're passionate, work their faces off. And that is one of the competitive advantages, one of my favorites, mine, in a lot of ways, but doesn't have to be yours. So, you know, it's funny how the question was asked because I think it's a leading question to, you know, if they only, if they work like Steve, right? You know, if they work like Steve here, right? So, you know, that, that's not the issue at hand uh, at all. I think, I think the only sin and the quickest way to get fired uh, from VaynerMedia is to not uh, figure out a way to play nice with the other boys and girls that you work with. To me, the number one thing that I judge VaynerMedia employees on is how they interact with every other VaynerMedia employee. Some people in the organization are really good at leading their teams. They have 12, 15 people and their team loves them to death and they love their team to death. However, cross department, if they're on account with, with, with creative or with the paid team or with you know, IT or the video production team, they're not as good. They're fighting just for their team and they're burning bridges in those departments. Not good. Other people are tremendous with clients and are great with the other senior people, but they're not treating the people underneath them with the respect and their team doesn't love working for them or they're micromanaging them. And so, um, you know, managing styles don't bother me. People have to learn their cadence on micromanaging versus giving people air cover. But being disrespectful or being selfish to what's in your best interest, not the logo's interest as a whole, um, within the organization to me is just completely unacceptable. Letting your emotions get the best of you and talking down to somebody or creating conflict, unacceptable. And so those are the things that are the sins within my environment. And so damn true, right? Video. Two videos today. Hey Garrett, Aaron Pearson here in Allen, Texas. Uh, I got a quick question a for Texas you. What love. has been the largest or biggest failure you've had either in your business or in life that's propelled you forward uh, towards the most success? Also, uh, hope to see you next week uh, as I film the Gary Vee Show with you. Thanks. <laughs> that's a great job, Aaron. Sorry you lost. Um, <laughs> great question. Love, love the video. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I've been lucky. I think the one failure I've had was that 2009 to 2011 window where I was trying to be Gary Vee because of Crush It. I was running Wine Library. Uh, I, we started VaynerMedia. Misha was just born. I was trying to do Obsessed TV. I was trying to do the Wine Social Network Corked. I was trying to do the, uh, the social network for developers and designers called Forest, and I, I was very stretched then. I was investing, um, and so I learned that I was trying to definitely put my ass on too many toilets. Uh, that's a Russian translation <laughs> for uh, all you Ruskies out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so I wasn't, uh, I wasn't able to balance all of that, and, and even now, I, I really, I feel like I'm starting to take on a lot of stuff. The difference is, I, uh, I did a better job up front and was more selective of the people that I've partnered with on Resi and Faithbox and Brave Ventures. Um, and then, um, you know, I've just, I've, I've and, and, and this has nothing to do with the Obsessed or Forest or Cork team. I picked partners that I needed to provide too many things to besides capital. 
um, and made those promises. So it's my failure, not theirs. Uh, this time around, I found people who had skills that were more similar to mine. I also had dramatically more infrastructure with VaynerMedia and my team. Um, and so, you know, DRox helped out with Faithbox, you know, and so, you know, Zach has helped out with, with Brave, uh, you know. Uh, uh, everybody's helped out a little bit here with Resi, you know, and, you know, and so there's a, that's really it, my man. I've been very, very, very lucky. I, I think for the most part, I think in only, you know, this is the reason I struggled with yesterday's question of what I don't like about myself. I think there's something interesting in the way that I process, and I'm really getting deeper into myself through this show, through your comments, just really, really gathering a lot of pieces right now, and what I've realized is, wow, I am really a net, net guy. I mean, if you think about all the things that are not working in my world right now, there's a ton. There's a ton of shit not working out there. Different initiatives, different departments, a ton. Um, but I can't help but not recognize that we're gonna grow you know, outrageously this year and be massively successful. Um, and so I, it's the same, you know, there's probably tons of flaws with me from yesterday's question. I'm just not capable of seeing them because I think in a net-net game, I'm a decent dude. And so, um, one thing I would implore and one thing I would challenge and one thing I would actually want so many of you to shift into is why are you allowing yourself to look at every small loss along the way instead of taking a step back and looking at minimally a year, but you know, preferably a five-year window and saying, have you won in that environment? And so who cares if you, you know how many investments I've lost on? You know, like in the last two years, you know, how many, you know how many employees didn't work out? You know how many flights I took that took up a lot of time that materialized into nothing? You know how many negative comments I've gotten about this show? Like, you're allowing yourself, and this is based on your DNA, and so listen, if you need to go and speak to somebody and lay on a couch, if you need to write and express yourself, if find your way to level up your ability to look at things at a net score versus the minutia from a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month loss game, and I promise you, you will have a happier and more successful career slash life. Jay asks, if you're in a wholesale business where volume is more important than content, how would you take advantage of social media? Jay, what's the matter with you? Volume's more important than content everywhere because volume of selling shit is what you do for a living regardless if you sell weird looking statues or phones or, I love taking off, kicks, you know? Like, like volume always matters, content is a liaison to more volume, right? Uh, My content wasn't more important on Wine Library TV, it was the fact that that led to selling stuff. And so whether you're in wholesale or retail, or B2B or B2C, the end goal within the context is to drive a result, including if you're a nonprofit. You're not making content that's gonna make somebody cry about you know, the, the, the dogs in the, in the wild that we need to save because you just want somebody to cry. No, you want them to take out their wallet. This is what you want, Jay. You want them to take out their wallet and give them the cash, right? That's what you want. And so, please don't get it twisted, anybody, that so much of this is predicated on how do you provide value to then have leverage to get the result that you're looking for. And so, sorry Andy, I got a little bit heated there for a second. Um, word it for me one more time. He says, if you're in wholesale business where volume is more important than content, how would you take advantage of social media? 
Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, you know, you, t- you take it, first of all, when you're in wholesale, you're in the B2B business, so you have an easy, in my opinion. Go and map who your customers are. Go to Facebook, run ads against the companies of the people that you're trying to reach. Employees of the company, you're trying to sell this, go run it against Foot Locker employees. People that work at Foot Locker. Do you guys have Facebook accounts? Do, and, and this, I feel like people haven't been updating them as well, but the data is still incredible at scale. This is just a quick test. Do any of you have put VaynerMedia in your profile? All five of you. Even better than I thought. You can reach all five of these characters by targeting employees of VaynerMedia. As a matter of fact, somebody could have probably been flown in next Friday if they were smart enough to spend $40, 40 measly dollars on ads against VaynerMedia employees where they used the VaynerMedia employees to pressure me to bring that person. But you didn't. You just didn't. And so execution, my friends, and being a practitioner is always, always better than headline reading. And so I will tell you, it is very easy. LinkedIn, Facebook, target your actual customer, and then make content that is valuable to them. Right? Which means different than B2C. So back to this. I'm a sneaker producer. I'm new. I've got to compete with Under Armour, Nike, and Reebok, and Puma, and crap. Maybe my ad is, hey, introducing the new Gary sneaker more profitable for you than the others. <laughs> yeah, like literally it is a B2B promotion, right? Like here's a chart. This is what you make on all these other characters. Sure they bring people in, but here's my offer and I'm able to bring you dramatically more profit and as a kicker if you email me back, I will also run ad dollars directly to your store for my sneaker because you're one of the first 100 people to contact me. I'm a businessman. It's how my brain thinks. Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek. Simon, my man. Such a good dude. A lot of people love him. A lot of people. You guys know him? He's the best. You guys are about to love him. He's unbelievable. Hey Gary, Simon Sinek here. Hope you're well. I'm well, Simon. I have a question about social media. As you know, um, I'm a humanist and I'm really big into human beings, hanging out with human beings and building real relationships. Me too, Simon. And I love technology and I love social media, but I'm also aware that there's a balance and that if things go out of balance, it can actually hurt the relationships that we form. And it's amazing for me sometimes to watch people, you know, every notification they get, their Instagram, their Facebook, their Twitter, everything that shows up on the top of their phones, they can't help but look down and and see what's going on. My question to you is, do you think that companies who use social media as a primary means of marketing, uh, or any means of marketing for that matter, have a responsibility to actually help us uh, find that balance? Do they have a responsibility uh, to help us manage our real relationships or is it entirely the responsibility of the user? Thanks for your help. <laughs> Simon, first of all, since we're buddies, I'm dying to have dinner. Let's get together because I'm going to ask you questions like, do you think that it's the responsibility of New York City to limit the size of sodas uh, or is it the responsibility of, for us? Do you think that it is the responsibility of McDonald's to no longer make anything that is over 180 calories or is it the responsibility of us? Do we think that we should, you know, it's a very, very slippery slope, right? I mean, I think that politicians and other humans have for a long time tried to say, we know what's better 
for the user than the user themselves. Not to mention in a business environment, as you know, Simon, you know, Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks and Pete's Coffee can be like, cool, we're gonna do this, we're gonna limit, we're gonna only tweet and post on Instagram three times a day and then like Gary's Coffee is gonna swoop in and do it all day long and see results in the white space and then the other companies were like, screw that, we're back. And so I think, I think it's an interesting question. Um, I also think, and this gives me an opportunity to go there, Simon, to say the following. I promise you that when you and I go and have these drinks or dinner in a couple weeks, that I will rarely look at my phone, if at all. You know why? Because you're interesting. Because I like you. Because I don't see you that often. And because that's what I want to be doing when I'm there. On the flip side, if me and Stefan were just going to hang out right now for a quick coffee, I might look at my phone a couple of times. I get to see him more often. We might not have, we don't have that much to talk about right this second. You know, and so like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be choosing what I want to do besides what I'm doing right there. I think that us, people looking at phones, looking at notifications is actually a true indicator of what we value. I, I, you know, about to take a drive with my mom, I will not be looking at my phone so much because I miss my mom and I want to hang out. But, um, but if I saw my mom every single day, I promise you I probably would. But just the truth. It's just us choosing what we want. And so technology has given us options. You know, I always talk about the couple that you see in a restaurant where like me and Lizzie walk in, well me and Lizzie don't talk about this because of my point of view, but I know so many of you have walked into a restaurant and you've seen a couple and literally both of them are on the phone the whole time and you and your partner are having dinner or, and saying like, Look how sad that is, right? All of you have done that. Or you know, at least you've heard of somebody doing that or you've been part, part of a party. To me, I don't think that people recognize that same couple 20 years ago, they just sat and ate dinner in silence looking at each other. Have you seen that weird thing? Have you seen that weird thing, India? Yeah, it's weird. weird. It's weird. So I actually am happy for that couple because instead of what they would have had to do 20 years ago, which is sit there in silence, they're at least actually like keeping up with the ball game, looking up on their Instagram, deciding what they'd rather do in that moment than hang out with the other person because they don't have a great marriage or a great relationship. It's just real. I mean, this is real dynamics. I think it's a very dangerous slope to say, look, all these relationships, how sad is this human interaction when you have absolutely zero, triple zero, not double zero, Robert Parrish, triple zero, trip, follow me here in Iraq, triple zero context to what's actually going on in the relationship. You know how many people, I got it, Iraq. You know how many people are in, you know, out in public with each other that hate each other at that moment, that are struggling, that are having problems, that are on the verge of breaking up, that are, have a business issue at hand. There's so many dynamics and I have no interest in sitting on a pedestal and saying they should be interacting with each other. And so, yeah, I think there's a responsibility and I think the responsibility goes in many different directions um, and I think that it's a tremendously interesting question. I, I still think that ultimately um, it's very difficult to do anything other than to rely on the end user to do what's best for her or him. Uh, and so that's kind of where I sit on the issue. Cool, good show. Simon, I really appreciate it. Uh, Vayner Nation, if you don't know who Simon is, please look him up. I'm an enormous, enormous fan. Uh, I think he's a tremendous human being. And we, it's really funny, I think, by the way, we agree on so, so damn much. Um, so much, uh, I really enjoy him. And, and I very much just want everybody to know I believe tremendously in human interaction. I believe technology is the greatest gateway drug to more human interaction. There's no question in my life 
not even an ounce of doubt that over the last, if I look at the last three years of my life, the time that I've spent with people that I would never in a million years had those moments just a decade earlier because there was no infrastructure of technology to be the liaison to make those events happen. Um, I, I think it's very easy and simple to look at technology as taking away from those events. I think it is clear to me, I hope to be right long term on this issue, it is clear to me that it is actually expanding our ability to spend more time with people. I really believe that. I believe that you're in more constant, I mean, just sit for five seconds and think about all the high school and college friends that your older brothers or parents never had the, ch- or me, never had the chance of staying in touch with. I'm perfect age. If you're in my age, 38 to 42, think about those first 10 years at a school where we lost touch with all our friends and then Facebook came along and we reconnected and all the times that I've been able to hang out now with, with T. Adam Blum and Ken Scalfo and Mike Eisenhart. Like these are moments I would have, Mike and Lindsay Eisenhart came and had dinner with me downstairs a year ago. I would have never seen them again. I would have never seen them again. That night meant so much to me, reminiscing about high school things that I never thought of. So I think it's very, very simple. Very, very, very simple. Very, very simple to blame technology and think it's taking away. I think it's enabling. Flip side. Announce the winners? Yeah. Should announce some winners, huh? All right, India. I know we have a tremendous gentleman from Vermont. We do. Uh, I know we have an immigrant. Webley. Yes, yes. from from Haiti, I think, uh, and a lovely young man, Dallas, who actually I met in uh, in L.A. So, and you know, I got to tell you a good story. I met Dallas in L.A. Uh, for the talk I gave the other day, and he said you're gonna. He said something to me like, "I'm gonna win the contest," and. Uh, Many people have said that to me already for the last week, and I was like, yeah, okay. Really, I mean, like, not in a bad way, I'm a good guy, I'm like, let's take a picture, he was an awesome dude, and I met his brother, Austin, and then I made a joke of like, where's your sister, Houston? <laughs> and, and then they said, um, our mom said if we had another brother, it'd be Tyler, and so, uh, um, but he won. Pretty impressive, I gotta give him daps. So, uh, Dallas? Dallas, Matthew. Matthew? Yep, there's from Vermont, yes. <laughs> and Webley, I'm uh, massively excited. I know, that, I know that Dallas hasn't gotten back to us yet, but Matthew and Webley are excited? Very excited. Like, like, let's get with India here, come on, you're right. Freaking out. Like, how, how, like, do they really freak their shit? Yeah, they freak their shit. Like, <laughs> Matthew said, I don't, my roommates don't understand why I'm freaking out right now. I love it. Where is it? There are really nice emails. India Stenman, just closing my laptop to go out to dinner. I saw the email mid-close. Mid-close, he saw the email, I love it. <laughs> I love it. He's in shock. I love it. I'm so excited. Webley's got a glamorous picture. Yeah, she's I'm pretty excited. glam. I'm so excited. Yes, 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 yes. So cool. I'm very, very, very excited. I think next Friday is going to be an amazing day. Uh, uh, question of the day. What, uh, what plans do you have for this weekend? And part two, a little bit more detailed. Uh, what is your latest website obsession? What is the website or app that is most catching your attention that is new to you in the last 60, 75 days? You keep asking questions, I'll keep answering them.